Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Are we good to go, Marcus? Yeah. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, that's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. We're joined by uh, Michael Che. Hi, guys. Thanks for being here, Michael. Thanks for having me, man. The world's on fire. Uh, <laughs> it is on fire. Specifically, Ferguson, uh, Ferguson, Missouri. Uh, there was a dude, Mike Brown. He got shot by a cop. Uh, Mike Brown has his hands up, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the cop unloaded about, uh, they say... Uh, former coach fi- of the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah, former coach uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers, of course, and then, of course, Mike Brown, who is also a comedian here in New York <laughs> yeah. City. A lot of people name Mike Brown. There's not- at least 11 in my family. Yeah, none of them hopefully shot by this cop. Wow. Uh, so this guy unloaded, this officer unloaded about seven, eight bullets into the kid who had his heart, uh, arms up in, uh, in the air. And now we're on day five of rioting in Ferguson, uh, Missouri. Things are not going great. Nope. Not whatsoever. I will say, as I watch the riots at this point, I'm, uh, I'm reminded of this is the negative version of a championship celebration. And I say <laughs> that like you this. Go with that. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is what I'm saying. After a team wins a Stanley Cup, a uh, Super Bowl, or the World Cup, the first three hours of that celebration are jubilation. They remember why they're there, because their team won. The LA Kings won. The New York Knicks Okay, I'll use another example. <laughs> another example. Uh, the Los Never Angeles Lakers or the Miami Heat or the San Antonio, uh, San Antonio Spurs, they won. The first three hours, you know why you're celebrating, you know why you're partying. Hour five, a car is on fire and you're just angry. Mm-hmm. I'm worried and I'm concerned that the rioters in Missouri are no longer thinking about Mike Brown. Mike Brown, the victim of this police brutality, I'm concerned that he's not being remembered, and the only thing that's being covered in the media is A, the media getting arrested by the cops, and B, uh, the riots, the looting, and the mayhem, which is placating both sides of the extremists. So the people who think that cops are all terrible, they can point uh, to their examples of the Huffington Post journalists getting arrested, the people who think black people are all animals and, and they just want to destroy communities and they want to rob and steal, they can also get soothed by that piece of news media. And I'm worried and concerned that the real story, which is the death of an innocent human being, regardless of race, of the officer or the person, is going under the radar. What do you think, Mike? I think that's a very interesting... Um parallel with the with the 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 Stanley Cup celebration because those guys are drinking. Oh yeah. <laughs> Out of so the Stanley like, Cup they're yeah, wasted. But like in riots, are they are they boozing during riots too? If it's a good riot <laughs> they are. <laughs> so I wonder if they're boozing and it makes sense because it's really hard. Like I'm a I'm a black guy and I was upset and I you know I when I when seeing this uh story. Right. But you know like you'll you've been mad enough to riot about something, but like not for Three days or so, like you, you, you got to think. Like after after like a few days, you're like, man, well, I got that out of me. Well, that's the whole point of the riot. 
It's not constant rioting. There was only one big riot about right. three or about three days ago. It's well, been clashes when, with police for the last few days. And but. when night falls, they t- it tends to get a little bit more. I mean, it's yeah. it's a lot like Katrina. Heated, I mean, it's yeah. a total uh, uh, nightmare situation. But, but then people take advantage of it you because they see it, yeah. uh, it's lawlessness at this point. Yeah, it is. It's like I, I heard uh, some like Ice T say, "Riot is like when an inmate burns his own bed. It's like he's just pissed off, and somebody needs to see that fire." You know? Right. I think that's what. It is, but then at the end, I think with social media and the way everything is now, with this generation, everything just becomes more of a trend than anything. Where like the anger even becomes trendy. I, I hashtags at some point, and we discussed this a little bit on uh, on last podcast on yeah. the left. Um, at some point, it just becomes a way of driving people to your blog. And I think there's a lot of that going on with the it Twitter is. community, where it's just like. They make a statement, hashtag Ferguson. I wrote about it for whatever you wrote it, whatever thousands of blogs you wrote about it for, and you're just trying to drive traffic to your own site. We, you guys, we got, I, it's, I blame white people in a lot of ways. I feel like this whole thing would be over if, you know, you guys just called an emergency nigger. And, um, an emergency what? Like uh, <laughs> an emergency nigger. I feel like a, a white person of very high stature should say nigger publicly and so that we could talk about that and oh, worry I see. about Ferguson. So it's sacrificial. I see. So a sacrificial racist. Yes, we need a sacrificial racist. I'm calling So basically on you. we just we have to get Mel Brooks or Mel not Mel Brooks. <laughs> Mel Brooks would be great. Mel Brooks would be the best. Well he's I'm sure he said it in Blazing Saddles. How about uh um, Mel Gibson I was thinking, but yeah. Yeah we need like George Clooney. We need somebody good. Like we it's gotta somebody be like fresh. A, it's gotta be a juicy one. Somebody like um yeah, a real career Hillary suicide. Clinton. If Robin Williams would have said the N word <laughs> instead of actually committed suicide, a real thing. Yeah. That well, was, I don't know when that Michael. Was the note. <laughs> yeah. Dear world. I mean, when Michael I... Richards said it. <laughs> Dear world, niggers. I was really <laughs> sad about his death until I learned he wrote a racial epitaph, and I believe his career meant nothing now. Love always. Dr. Patch Adams. It would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so you would like to see... So a white man needs to take the uh, the uh, the focus off of the Ferguson... That's right. Uh, ...Missouri riots and just take it all on himself. Doesn't have to be a man. It could be a woman. It could be Hillary. I think Hillary saying the N-word would stop all riots. That's the only thing people would care about. I think that she's probably said it quite a bit in the past, <laughs> especially I, in 2008 when she was getting devastated yeah. uh, and losing to Barack Obama. She must have said it. Oh, at least touching herself. Speaking of, I oh my I'm gonna, I'm well, gonna, no, but if you say it when you're touching gonna, yourself, that's that's intimate. That, that's that's a moment of, of pleasure and a moment it? of joy. Oh, it's totally different. All if right. you have a gun and you're aiming it at a black person, you say it, as opposed to if you have a finger and you're aiming it at your clit and you say it, totally different meanings. Yeah, I guess it is different meanings, but I don't know if it would hurt me or not. That's a, that's a very interesting um, paradox you put me in. Is that a word that I use correctly? Paradox. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz I'm thinking about it like would would that offend me if a, if a woman would like watch me and was like, "Oh, I touched myself to you." And I just say, "Oh god, nigger, please fuck me." In porn, it's it's kind of gratuitous. I think it's hot stuff. I don't think it's that hot <laughs> in porn. I'm no. not for it. Oh, nigger, I don't know. Do you watch a lot of white gals having sex with the uh, with the black fella? See, I always have to I not only do I watch white girls with black guys, I watch I watch male porn performers, my pr- proximate uh, complexion, 
So really? that yeah, so I'm like, oh, okay, that's me. You know, <laughs> if I had muscles, yeah. then and that's what socks. I do as well. I always uh, I Google I Google. <laughs> if you had argyle socks. Uh, I Google I Google Why? BBWs, uh, but in parentheses I say male. <laughs> Male BBWs with nice skinny girls, so I can relate to the porn star uh, man as well. The only thing I can do is uh, MILF porn because, you know, I'm skinny and I'm tall, and every dude in a MILF porn's always mother seduces teenage That's son. Right. And I have the body of a teenager. That's disturbing, Russian. Marcus. I don't know why they're always Russian. <laughs> yeah. Always Russian. Uh, not saying this, I'd do it. I'm just saying it's my only option. Now, this okay. is my first time on a podcast. Is this a record for how fast a racial riot turned into a porn discussion? Yes. <laughs> yes. I think for any of our podcasts. <laughs> Eight and a half minutes. That was pretty Eight, quick, yeah. man. Not what, bad. what kind of porn do you watch? Yeah. I like milf porn. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, there's uh, Eric Garner's. Uh, he got choked all. He's dead, and uh, the cops are killing you know, another. Of uh, choking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about uh, Obama's um, response to this? Day five, he finally came on record I today. I, I was waiting for it. And I haven't. I haven't heard it. Yet. And it's interesting you say you were waiting for it. Everyone was waiting uh, waiting for it. And I do believe. Uh, first of all, he gave his response. He tied it to uh, our uh, new war with Iraq, which uh, we can talk about in depth on another episode. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a. As we know with our Saman episodes, it's all. It's a very confusing situation. And I think he's actually making the right decision a little bit too late. But. Um, but he, so he, I believe he discussed it in the beginning yeah. before he got to he, Iraq. He said, first of all, Iraq. And then it was most of the speech was just all of these talking points about that. And then he devoted about the last quarter uh, to all of this. And okay. all he really addressed was the riots. Mm. He said, you know, I want to address the last situation in right. Ferguson, meaning like he's addressing the riots, but also subtly saying, I'm not going to talk about the cop. Killing the black kid. I'm just saying. I'm day, just going to talk about the riots. Day five, he's gotten a pass. I think if this was a white president, he would have been called a racist. Hour two, hour three, mm. if he did not step in. Well, I will say to I his. I will say about the the choking yeah. thing. Definitely about the riot because any riot with in Eric Gardner just yeah uh, has to be addressed. I mean, like as a as a pre, as the leader of the country, right. there's a riot going on in your country. You have to say something. And you don't yeah. have to send the federal guard in, but you have to give a uh, elite. You have to. Tell people everything is going to be okay, and we have yeah. this situation under control. Yeah, you can't because then people are like, "Well, we can have that in our town." You mm-hmm. know, you have right. to set a standard of no, this or this all has to end, or this all, you know, this all. Especially when you're, I mean, elephant in the room, and you're the black president, right? You have to show mixed president. You know, you're, right? You should be able to talk to both sides and and right. at least calm both sides. It's, that's what you're known for. Like that's what you're in office for. Well, that's what he ran much. on. He yeah, was that's the bridge what between on. the between the people. Yeah. The last thing you want is a country full of skittish people. Especially Americans. Especially with how many guns we have out there. You just you oh, need yeah. to calm them down as fast as you possibly can. Yeah, being skittish and having guns is never a good combination. Mm-mm. That's for sure. Um but what do you think about the overall issue? Uh it's 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 always in the news. And uh, of course, it gets more it gets more press with uh, when a white cop does something uh, to like a black person. Um, have you had experiences with that in your personal life? Of course, you you always have. I remember the first time I ever got uh, handcuffed. I was like eight years old. I was, oh no, I was in Jersey City. We just moved here, so I was like nine or ten years old, and we were going to the video store to rent video games. This is how yeah. young we were. We were walking to the video store to rent a video game, and we're about the same age. Yeah, so we were going yeah. for like uh, what games were we playing back yeah, then? Uh, back then, it was Street uh, Fighter, and it was like uh, Mortal Monday Kombat. Night Raw. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah it was yeah, like yeah. Genesis cartridges. Playing you know? Bam, playing with Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, like you know, playing yeah. with Bret Hart. You know, like those right, kind of right, right. yeah. those days. So we were going and the, and the cops 
like stopped all three of us. It was like three or four of us. And they stopped us and they were like, uh, where are you going? You know, why are you out by yourselves and whatever? And then they're like, well, not about why. They, actually, they didn't even say, like, why are you out by yourself? They were just saying, where are you going? Where are you coming from? They were talking to us as if we were adults. Yeah. And in our right. heads, we thought we were adults because we listen to so much gangster rap and all you do is lie about all the pussy you never got. You know what I mean? Like shit like right. that. And, hmm. and um, they handcuffed Like, they handcuffed us and, like, act like they, they get, took our names. They sat in a car. It's like, almost as if they were kind of bringing us along like well this is what you got to get used to yeah, and right. the cop was half black one of the cops was half black sure. one of the cops was well, white we had, we had Eric Reynolds on who was the arresting uh, mm-hmm. the arresting officer for two out of the five uh, of the Central Park five he's a black felon he always you know makes that point very clear and this is another thing that I want to say I got two brothers that are cops oh nice so yeah um, I get it Right, so it's not really a racial thing. Do oh, you it's think, totally. You a think it's a racial thing, thing and yes. not so much a power thing or a wealth thing, or would you say it's it's, it's definitively racial? Do you think that. you would have been treated differently if you were uh, if three people poor white knew kids? That you're yes, fought, absolutely. Well, three white kids, but if people knew that you come from a successful family and uh, that you were like your father's an investment banker. Oh, have you never have you never heard of driving while black? Where if you're in a nice car and you wear a nice suit, they'll pull you over just to see who you are. Like, of course, like it's, it it yeah. doesn't matter. I think. I think the, the 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 deepest form of racism. This is like God's honest truth, and people may disagree with me, but this is honestly what I think. I think the deepest form of racism is that black people aren't considered normal people. Like we're not con- right. really considered people. Like when you see a black kid, like something happens to a black kid, if a white person sees it, or a lot a lot of white people that see it, they don't look at it as look what happened to this this kid Kid. they look at it look what happened to this black kid we're always black kids or black people anytime someone who does it more who 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 emphasizes that more in my opinion right now it's the left because it's a political winner you'll never ever ever hear like something have like a school shooting and eight white children were killed right you'll never hear that i mean hell i'm guilty of that i said that earlier so when you hear so when you see something like that that happens in a news like in ferguson and you say look what happened to that black kid right as mm-hmm. opposed to that could have happened to my son no white mother is saying that could have happened to my boy they right. don't think of it that way they think well that's a thing that black people i wonder what that black kid did you know maybe if he pulled his pants up he wouldn't be you know like it was like like with trayvon they were like right. well you know he's wearing a hoodie at nighttime and the point was that if it was your son you wouldn't think you wouldn't even think of. I remember one time we were all like, we were going. We were from coming from stand up New York, mm-hmm. and we were doing a show, and it was me and like you know some of the bartenders there, and you know everybody in the match. A diverse group of people. A diverse group of people, yeah. comedians. We walk in. I'm wearing a hoodie. Bartender. We go to the bar on um, 82nd in Amsterdam. Right. Bartender looks at me and says, "You can't get in with hood with a hood. You can't get in with a hoodie." Right. Jared Fried had walked in right before me with a hoodie. Like right. there was like people in there with hoodies. For those that don't, Jared Freed's he's a white fellow. Who I got, and we felt he they felt worse than I did. But I was like, but this is the kind of thing that's right. like I'm a it's, I'm a we don't let black dudes in with hoodies, not people. Right, they don't right. look at me as a person. Right, you know what I mean. And I'm doing okay. <laughs> you know, what I mean? doing very like, well. I'm doing fine. You know, so yeah. it's not like you know I was coming in to rob the joint. A writer like, for SNL. You're uh, now you're a correspondent for the Daily Show. But it doesn't matter right. to them. I'm in a hoodie. Right. You know. So I I feel like what the Ferguson thing is is what what gets us so upset is that it's always 
we like anytime anytime somebody black does something wrong it's what this community needs to do and what's wrong why is it that was no fathers and, and uh, none of that is the, comes is up the, the community of, doesn't come up you don't the, come up when something happens to when a white dude does something right is the inverse of that when a white officer arrests uh somebody of color then they immediately think the white officer is racist even if the person just happened to be black but was doing something terrible everyone that does people think that white cops are racist just for doing their jobs right absolutely right that's of course that is, but it's, you got to understand it's almost like an, it's an abusive relationship. If somebody was in an abusive relationship for so long, the next relationship they're in, they don't trust the person. Even if they're on the up and up, they just kind of don't trust them because they were just in an abusive relationship. Right. What do you think about that stop and frisk? And what do you think about Bill De Blasio? I feel like stop and frisk. Well, Bill De Blasio, I don't know a lot about, but I feel like stop and frisk is um, is one of those things that makes it makes cops lazy. It's a it's a very la- it's it's obviously it's a racist practice, but it's also right. more of a lazy cop practice. There's there used to be a time when cops in the community had a rapport. When and you knew, the, you, knew the, you watch like an old movie mm-hmm. and you see people know the cops' names. They took that courtesy they, <laughs> portion of their uh, of their three uh, word. Name. What is it? Courtesy, protection, and courtesy, professionalism, respect. Right. So they took. Well, actually, they don't take any three of those anymore. <laughs> but like you, you live in a neighborhood in New York City. When was the last time? Well, name three cops in your neighborhood. Exactly. I mean, you know what I mean. Like that's right. not cops are cops and. People are people, and thugs are thugs. And there's no doubt that after 9-11, every cop turned into a... Uh, an extension of the U.S. military. Yeah, yeah the Department of Homeland took, Security. They, they took it upon themselves to be the last line of defense against terrorism. For example, uh, in a white person example, which is much more innocent uh, than, uh, than of course, uh, Mr. Gardner and uh, and Mike Brown, my friend Dave got caught throwing a snowball after 9-11. The officer wrote him up for throwing of missiles. And uh, the cop was very That's severe. Hilarious. They arrested him and things like that. This unfortunately haunted Dave through multiple job interviews because you get to the point where it's like background check time. What's throwing of missiles all about? And you explain it's a snowball. Uh, and it really lost him quite a few jobs. Yeah. Now, imagine, um, so every cop is militarized now. Now imagine that for a kid that gets arrested at 16 right. or something like that for the same for a similar thing, a black kid, now he's black and he's got a criminal record. Right, exactly. You know, it's even worse. You know, now it's like, well, we already don't want to hire you unless we really have to. And that was the thing. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, number one, it goes down to employers being like, well, we have a reason not to. And number two, it goes down to officers being like, well, we have a reason to arrest. Yeah. You know, that was the thing with Gardner. He had a long rap sheet of petty crimes. And uh, and that was the same thing when we spoke with um, Eric Reynolds. They're called... Um, I forget. Either way, um, you're able to figure out a person's rap sheet before you have to give them their Miranda rights. Right. And by uh, judging by the length of the rap sheet, I'm sure that you are more willing to arrest if they have a longer one than if they have none. But also, you you have yeah, of course. That's just that's just judging somebody by their history. So if you, when you got arrested at the era, handcuffed and put in the back of a cop car when you were eight years old, going to the video uh, store so you can play uh, Bret Hart against Doink the Clown uh, because your buddy loves Doink and he 
loves when he does the uh, the, the top rope maneuver where he puts his butt on somebody's face and somebody happens to have something on them like a small knife or uh, you know even a, even at that point if you got busted with a with a cigar or a pack of smokes it would be illegal so yeah. the rap sheet starts there of course but that's they get you used to that they get you used to that culture of I get to stop you because you look suspicious and it's okay with it when you watch the way black people behave when they get stopped and the way white people behave when they get stopped it's two completely different worlds because of the cultures that uh, I'll tell you one thing when I get stopped by an officer I turn into a southern bell <laughs> yes sir no sir how are you sir absolutely yeah. top of the morning I'm like an Irishman with, mm-hmm. a, with a pipe just being like how are your kids doing you know I've seen I've seen people I've seen white guys like Oh, the outrage! The outrage that they have! They're just the outrage! How, how dare they get you the audacity? How dare you bother me? Don't put your hands. Oh, on that's me. a that's a like wealthy white. Do, see, yeah. I don't come for money, yeah. so that's a wealthy white person for, response. Yeah. For us, we we know the procedure. Are you well a yes sir, cops. no sir kind of guy? I am because I yeah. have fa- I have family that's cops, so I'm like right. if I didn't, I'm 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 super quiet. I'm not even yes sir, no sir. I, I answer every question and I'm very quiet. Right. And anything I don't have to say, I don't say. And I just wait till my day, uh, my phone call, or the, the time I can call my brother and let them know. Right. Or right. Whatever. And let them like you try. You 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 don't make their lives harder. <laughs> you know. You don't make that. You make their jobs harder when they show, see that you're an asshole. Right. Then they're gonna show. Then it's a then it's an arms race. Well, it's, who can get away with you more. say the word arms, and I think that was the situation in, uh, in the Mike Brown case. They were walking down the middle of the street. The officer stopped him, and uh, as any eighteen-year-old kid would do, you resist. When I was eighteen years old, a house party got broken up uh, where I was at uh, oh, the university, and uh, I went outside to talk to the cops because everyone thought I was the smoothest talker around. Ended up calling a female officer the c-word. My head got slammed on top of a car, and I was arrested naturally. Smooth, uh, exactly. <laughs> like the dumbest human being on the face of the planet. R&B group. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but so I, I feel like so uh, Mike just kind of um, Mike just kind of uh, Mike Brown, he reacted in a way like Jim Polk often says when it comes to people getting arrested. They flail their arms and they, they say, why are you arresting me? Flail their arms in a threatening manner. And then the officer took this as a uh, as a as a go but ahead do you, do, to do, use extreme you force. The, but do you see the fear that this guy's resisting? It, I got to your gun is the last line of defense. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you first of all, you're, it's not like you're on the kid and he flailed his hands and you was like, "Well, I can't take him." The officer like, you're was still far in the car. Away. Right. You're that far away. He flails his hand. You're like, "Well, I got to kill him right there, right now," yeah. because I mean, like that's that's insane. Or I got to wound him. I got to shoot him. Like right. that's that's the mentality. That's how afraid they are just because of the way he looks. If he was if he looked like Marcus, the cop wouldn't have shot him. Right. Until oh, Marcus no. tells him that he loves the smell of dirt, <laughs> and then the cops got to shoot him. No, just. then we'd have a very nice conversation. Most likely. Because I'd imagine. I mean, and, and I think it's, you know, people say that it's a poverty thing, and I, I think in some ways it is, but a cop that is called to a trailer park and a cop that is called uh, to a black neighborhood. It's they're it's both poor, but the cop is going to act differently in one neighborhood yes, than he does in. Well, yeah, the cop is going to be scared. like, "Mom, why did I get called to your house they're again?" When he's scared. at the trailer park. One story that I that I that I have that I don't say who it was, but somebody very close to me was uh, arrested, and um, they were in a cab. It was dead thugs, not thugs, but you know, they're street dudes, whatever. 
and they were in a cab, and you know, some a lot of these cabs are undercover cops. So they were in a cab. And the other could have, I guess the cop, either the cab was a cop or the cab signaled the cops that they didn't trust the guys. They're going to a nightclub. They wasn't doing anything crazy. They were just going to the nightclub. Cop stops the cab and gets them all out of the car. Right. One of the guys, one of the guys that was in the back of the cab had a gun on him. So the gun fell as he's getting out of the car, right? It's crazy. So the cops see the gun. They flip out. They take their guns out, get them on their hands, or get them on their knees, put their hands up, and they have the gun on my friend's, on the back of his head. Right. And they're telling them, don't move. And he said when the gun was on the cop's, when the gun was on his head, he felt it trembling. The cop was so scared that yeah. he could feel the gun because that's how it was on his head, yeah. on the mm-hmm. back of his head, and he he had his hands in the air and he's on his knees and he's like, "Officer, please calm down." So this is a thug calming down a cop because yeah. he's more scared right. than he is. You know what I mean? Like he, the cop is scared to death. That adrenaline rush and it, it's yeah. trembling. So he's yeah. like, "This guy's gonna kill me, man." This is a cop. This is it's the ironic. guy you call when you're scared. Yeah. You right. know, so this is, you know, like, it's it's one of those things psychologically where you realize, like, these cops have families. These cops right. are people, too. They're not, you don't get super brave and tough and, and you become someone different. No, man, you have a just, you just have a more responsibility. It's and if ironic. you're scared, if you're right. kind of nervous all the time, if, you, if that kind of thing, it's not going to change, man. Your heart's not going to change. So a lot of these guys that are, are responding to crimes or responding to, to calls, they're fucking scared and they see a black kid with, with his hands and they're like oh shit he's got a gun and then they shoot him and that's why somebody gets killed and they're like it's not racist I was scared it's not like when you say racist it doesn't mean uh, this cop hates black people and he was like I'm gonna kill the first one I see that's what people think when you hear racism like, that's not racist and they're doing their job it's not that's not what the racism is the racism is that guy because of the color of his skin and the way he's wearing his pants is a threat to my life and I'm going to kill him at any time he moves just like if a rattlesnake fucking smiles at me I'm going to kill it because I'm scared of rattlesnakes you know what I mean I don't know what the fuck that rattlesnake is capable of that's kind of the mentality that that cop had and that's what people are sick and tired of like dude we're people we just want to fucking exist we want to dance and not be judged we want to go to clubs we want to just drink beers and be regular but everybody looks at us like we're easy e no matter what <laughs> like it was just I mean it, I mean with the example of the rails thing we've got to wrap it up uh just one final question uh to play the uh to go on the other side of what a lot of conservative people would think with your example of the rattlesnake a lot of people think the rattle in the black community is relatively strong to prove that they're tough to prove uh gangster rap like you were talking about before and things like that does that play into again like I was talking about beforehand where if the whites in the world or or even, even the Bill Cosby's of the world or the uh, you know, it's of, not just colors it's, right. it's Steve, it's, not Steve Harvey but uh, there's some other conservative uh, not, and you know whatever there's some people who completely disagree with a lot of the uh, black culture and that's sure. uh, across all racial lines um, do you think that that has anything to do with the fear that the white uh, officer in this case uh, was dealing with. Of course it is. We you see the crime statistics, you see the the rap videos, you see the way people talk in the movies. Everybody saw Boys in the Hood. Of course you're judging it by based. If you don't live in that world, you don't know these people. You're judging it based off of what you're what you see. 
Right. Like what's what's portrayed. Well, well, that's irony, just, it's irony, human nature to look it's for human patterns. Nature. Just like just like I would always assume that every rich white dude is fucking super smart and you know knows shit and, and they don't. And they don't. Okay. No, I, fuck, I, there's a lot of I know them all. They, they drive me insane. They you know, get, their fathers all gave them good educations and they they've held me back. And you think that these kids are all well to all put to, well put together and morally upstanding, and then you find a then you find them with a belt around his neck and he's dead. Because that's the way he likes to jerk off. Like, I didn't think it would be him. Like, right. yeah, no. Him too. He can be crazy. Just because you right. look at the, the dressing, the first part, doesn't mean that he's not depressed. It doesn't mean that he doesn't like his sex weird. Or it doesn't mean that he's not a, a closet homosexual. It doesn't mean that he's not a, a fucking sociopath. Or whatever it is. Like, you just right. you can't just judge somebody by the way that they look. And that's, the, that's what that prejudice, that's why kids die. Because of those kinds of prejudice, and that's why some kids get a fucking clean slate and a second chance because of that prejudice of, well, he's okay. And then he fucking goes to the school and shoots that shit up. Boys in the, <laughs> uh, Boys in the Hood, though, I was thinking this when you said Boys in the Hood, I realized uh, that could easily be the title for Birth of a Nation. Boy, boys in the hood, <laughs> uh, but, but of course it just happened to but be see, about uh, black folks in uh, what was it Compton? Compton, uh, yeah, yeah, I love, yeah. See, like Birth of a Nation, you know, is I, a smear the, campaign. It was terrible. Show how just the, to show this is what you got to worry about if you right. let these w- black people integrate, no. and that's well, just no, but stuck. No, I think that Mr. Ford, the director of that movie, first of all, he was a total bigot. But let's just say, oh, it was not D.W. Griffith. Oh, I thought it was Ford. I'm going to nope. take Marcus's expertise on this. <laughs> I, I would, I'm going to trust the Texan. <laughs> I will as well. Hey, I am a student of film, all right? I will sure, as well. Sure. <laughs> um, it's great cinematography. Yeah. It, it, it is. Everything it's, else. It was a revolutionary film it was as a far beautiful as picture. technique goes. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, yes. Uh, now I'm off. Now I'm all off. Whole thing's off. That's how that's how we recover from. Uh, <laughs> that's a good, fine. A good birth of a nation um, reference. <laughs> yeah. Boys in the Hood. I, every movie that I saw, I always watched the comedy for like I watched Spaceballs before I watched Star Wars. Yeah. Right. I watched Don't Be a Menace to South Central while we'll drinking your gin and juice in the hood. Uh, before I watched Boys in the like and so it really makes you it makes all these movies much more lighthearted when you see the comedy version yeah, first. Because you, you see the um, you see the punchline and the humor in it. I remember right. I saw uh, I didn't I saw Boys in the Hood later, but I saw Men in Society in the movie theater and I was like oh. eleven years old. Yeah, and I saw it around yeah, that age too. And we were watching it the way white people were watching it because we're in New York and I'm like yo West Coast niggas are crazy you know so <laughs> right, right, like right. we're thinking of it like nah, they nuts over there man like the way white guys would be like yo black people are crazy like they're just thinking of it, all of us but it's the right. same but I'm saying that is we're the same people so you know a white guy sees him like those that world is nuts and if you're not in that world even if you're black and you're from Manhattan or you're from mm. Brooklyn you're looking at it like yo West Coast black people are nuts. We think all of them are gangbangers. That's why motherfuckers look at me and mm. they just say, well, "I saw them in society. You and must be in a gang." I'm like, "No, man, I'm from New York. You crazy? That's not, that's a whole other thing. Right. You know what I mean? It's like just yeah. culturally, just like everybody thinks every Texan's the same. They might think that the same person from uh, the Dallas Texans are the same as Austin Texans, which is completely two completely different cities culturally. Yeah. You know, D- no, Dallas I, Texans would probably uh, 
shoot you in the head. Absolutely. <laughs> they were like in Austin, Texas. This exactly. is how it goes. The South yeah. starts, the, the American South starts at Dallas and goes east. If uh, Anything west of Dallas, that's uh, the American Southwest. Now you tell it to a New Yorker, they're like, Texas is Texas. Yeah, Texas and is I'm Texas. Like, yeah. Fuck you. Do you know how big it is? Yeah. I mean, yeah that's what I'm saying. New York is Boston. It's, it's yeah. that size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's right. It's the same thing. People look at it, but, but the thing that, the most hurtful thing as a black Dude, or the most frustrating thing as a black dude is that when people look at you, they think the worst possible scenario. As opposed to uh, the best. As opposed yeah. to when you look at a white person, you think the best possible scenario. I, right. I, could, I could be looking at a degenerate, gambling, sex-addicted, sociopath, right. mass murderer. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> I could look at that white yeah. guy, and he'd be white. I look at him, and I'm like... Ah, he's probably nerdy. And even well, what comedians, you know, you comedians, that. they look at oh, this white guy. Look at him. He probably what? What you went to Harvard? He's like this motherfucker might be broke. Well, I don't <laughs> know. We're getting a this. pretty good reputation for being spree killers. <laughs> yeah, well, a pretty good reputation. Can we get one? A great reputation. <laughs> the best. Yeah. As soon as we lost Larry Bird, you know, that was our last good athletic uh, fella. He wasn't that uh, athletic. No, man. but he was. <laughs> Larry Bird got by. Larry Bird had heart, my friend. Larry Bird. By. And by the way, I'll tell you one thing. Larry Bird, if he was a cop and he had the gun to a back of a black dude's head, that gun's not shaking. It ain't Larry, shaking Larry was strong. He Larry, was but strong I, also, I also don't think that gun's going off because Larry knew how to deal with life. Larry's a badass, a badass dude. But um, Larry Bird could bring a black girl to the project. Like oh, he, could, yeah. he could, yeah, he could do that. Oh, you're terrified. Like, like, yeah, that's Larry Bird. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that's Larry Legend right there. Man. Larry Legend. I was talking to uh, Kevin Barnett, of course, from the Roundtable of Gentlemen and uh, Friends of the People. That's coming out on True TV and a great friend. And uh, cheap we, plug. We were talking about. Uh, we were talking uh, with little Lil Rel, who's on Friends of the People and a great stand-up comedian. And Lil Rel, we were at a party together, and uh, he was saying that uh, he started to get recognized by white people. And I asked Kevin, I said, is it, uh, is it more important to get recognized by white people as opposed to just being, uh, well, they called it black famous. And, uh, and I thought that was interesting. Is that, uh, like you were saying, you look at a white dude who is, by the way, always a degenerate. Always. They're full of, you know, they're, they're, they're getting peed on and uh, ball gags and, uh, and their buttholes are wide enough to put a bowling ball through. Um, but what? is that like a true thing? <laughs> what the, what what is the question? The idea of like uh, you know black uh, black celebrity as opposed to like uh, universal course. celebrity. Well, because black celebrity because black movies are called black movies. They're not movies. Again, like in your, like you were saying with the people thing. It's the same thing. It's like black famous means okay, you're good for that. Stay in your right. kind of world. There's people that are household names in black entertainment and the black community I would, I would consider no Larry really, the Cable Guy white famous mm-hmm. like Larry I the Cable not. Guy is southern white famous you would I say don't think so because I know Larry the Cable Guy yeah like I know who that is There's a lot of black people like see black they, they know right, Larry right. the Cable Guy or whatever but also um, you know you, you look at Larry the Cable Guy can get a mainstream movie made because of his white fame it's just fame Right, he can get those kind of deals and stuff. You know, like it's not like they're gonna just cater. They'll they'll put that anywhere. You know, and his humor is as urban as anybody else's. Like if you listen to Larry Cable Guy's set and somebody from Chitlin's Circus set, it's very similar. Although, <laughs> you know what I mean? The only it's, difference, the only though, difference is color. Well, they're the only about difference guns, is color. And, and, and my wife is fat. The it's only, the same shit. And and the uh, this the social reaction is different because white people call Larry the Cable Guy racist, but they wouldn't call. Hurricane racist. Why would they call him racist? Oh, Larry the Cable Guy is 
deemed extremely racist. So is uh, uh, what Jeff Dunham, the the guy mm-hmm. with the puppets, because he has one well, he uh, puppet named Muhammad. Puppet White named Muhammad that blows itself up and it's a skeleton. And that I don't know a lot of I don't know a lot of Polish suicide bombers. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think that it's I don't think it's wrong. It just because there is a there is a certain. Um, White people have to be extremely sensitive uh, to race, and I do think other races are allowed to be slightly more unsensitive because white people. That's sort of it's almost the same thing as having an Asian puppet that like loves to eat dogs. Right, right, right. Because it's like you've heard. What about a dog puppet who loves to eat Asians? (laughs) Well, that would probably that's that'll kill. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I I feel like. yeah, with white fame, there's mainstream money, and yeah. you can be in a Chevrolet commercial and really make right. dough. And black fame is what well, you're only good to make black people laugh. That's why Kevin, what Kevin Hart's doing is so amazing, is yeah. because he's making black movies that aren't called black movies. Right. Uh, 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 Coming to America is mm-hmm. an all black <sighs> movie. No one ever calls it Never. that. Though. They no. call it a comedy. Eddie right. Murphy was that great where his he transcended what color was it didn't feel like it wasn't a black movie Friday is not right which is Friday so is kind of considered a black movie but it, I mean but it's like it's one of those things it's a great comedy and it shouldn't be but it's considered that right. and, but you look at Ride Along Ride Along 300 million dollars 200 million dollars right. I mean that's not everybody's going to see Ride Along you know your mother wants to see Ride Along Right. It's not like Tyler Perry where certain people or they kept calling um uh you know what's that the best man holiday oh a black christmas movie it's a fucking it's about right. four americans why can't they just call it an american movie right right what right. the fuck why are you more american than us yeah. you know what i mean that's that's the thing you know so it's well i think i feel like it's a good uh we're only Americans- american in fucking olympics and That's then right. and then the niggas is American. Well, when we when it's like, God damn it, Michael Jordan's an American. Like, what, fuck you. What American really needs a W, you know? Yeah. Um, but I will say we're doing well, oh, well because I think the audience of Driving Miss Daisy looks very similar to the audience <laughs> of Ride Along now, and uh, and that's not bad. Um, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awful. They that fucking Driving Miss Daisy beat Do the Right Thing. You believe that? Best picture. Unbelievable. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Che. I wish we could talk longer. Yeah, man. Um, it's fucking undercover cops here now. Yeah. Uh, right, <laughs> Let's stop that. Uh, and that, that's what is it? Just Michael Che on the Twitter? The fucking Big Lebowski. Oh, no. Che. che, uh, che. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your Twitter? Che thinks. Yeah. C-H-E-T-H-I-N-K-S. All right. That's Marcus Parks on Twitter. I'm Ben Kissel on Twitter. We'll talk to you soon. Love you much.